Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I guess what we're looking for is uh, some information, reassurance that, that this wasn't a wider problem than just MA, that, that there's a problem with the culture or the way... Uh, this was addressed when it was first brought to your attention? Uh, we think our culture is very strong. We're very proud of it. But this has shaken it, maybe. Or, um, But I don't think there's a wider issue than what we've spent several months uh, uncovering and then deciding what to do about it. Um, so I don't think it, it goes more broadly. But, um, you know, that's that's our current thinking. Quick Grouseback earlier today, late night with Mutt up until midnight. We're not scheduled to go till midnight, but we are going to go ahead and do that because this is uh, the biggest story in Boston. We'll take your phone calls uh, for the next 40 minutes or so at 617-779-7937. The phone number, you can jump in on Twitter as well at Mutt, W-E-E-I, and Mutt at Night, W-E-E-I. Your reaction to the way the Celtics handled this. Um, if I if I seem argumentative, it's kind of I really have a hard time blaming the Celtics. Did Pools just hit 700? Did Pools just hit 700, 699, and 700 in the same game, Turpin? Am I reading this right on ESPN? That is correct. He Holy did. Holy crap. While we're on the air, if you can grab that highlight from somebody on Twitter. Albert Pujols hit 699 in his last at bat. He now just hit home run number 700. So Aaron Judge didn't get 61 tonight, but Pujols got 700. Um, Again, if I seem argumentative, if you call in to blame the Celtics for this, it's because I, I put so Little blame on the team based on what we know. Is there a scenario where we find out they were delayed in their response back in July? And there's a woman involved here and there's lawyers involved here. We find out that the the woman had issues back in July and they dragged their feet on this. Then we will be, uh, we'll start to go in on the Celtics. But the way they handled the last 48 hours, I don't blame them. I blame the, the, the horn dog coach who could have dated anybody, been with anyone, but he chose to at least start a consensual relationship with somebody on the roster, on the staff, and this is the result. He's out of the team, likely never to coach again, and your Celtics team that felt like a championship contender now really is in shambles based on their offseason, at least the way I see it. We'll get to your phone calls here in a second at 617-779-7937. How did it sound for Albert Pujols 700, Justin? There are only four batters in baseball history with 700. 
Pujols now one of them. So there you go. Albert Pujols gets number 700 against the Dodgers, up 5-0 on the Cardinals. They're trying to make a run out there in the National League. Maybe this will be part of the propels, propels them forward. Uh, as promised, your phone calls on what's what happened to the Celtics today, the press conference today with Wick and Brad Stevens, the team going forward. Phil is in New Bedford at 617-779-7937, late night until midnight. Hi, Phil. Want to pot Phil up back there? Justin, hi, Phil. You there, buddy? I don't hear Phil. We'll have to check on your end, guys, uh, if Phil is there. But I, I do think the expectations now, and, and they, they're certainly tempered to the point where they're probably not. I mean, I, it's hard to consider them a legitimate championship contender. You know, what are the odds a 34-year-old coach and Joe Mazzulla, for those that don't know, uh, was a Division II coach. Brad Stevens liked him. Uh, brought aboard the staff. He coached up in Maine. Came to the Celtics. And, and Brad really likes him. You know, Brad defended uh, Joe Mazzulla quite a bit today. So I, I, I understand the organization thinks he has a future. But what are the chances he comes in, no real NBA experience as a head coach at all, didn't play in the NBA, and I do think the players respected Ime because he played in the NBA. They wanted a former player with them. Like, how, how does it all fall together now where he's good in year one, Robert Williams comes back like healthy, ready to go after the new year. Jalen Brown shakes off the trade stuff. They find some replacement for Danilo Gallinari. They sign him. He tears his ACL. So they've already had this bad stuff happen to them here in the offseason. And now you add this into it? Like, I just don't know how we can view them right now as a championship contender. I don't. And I know I did. I felt like they were. They, they, them, them, I didn't, wouldn't necessarily bet on them being the favorites. Wouldn't want to lay that number of them as the favorite in the Eastern Conference with Durant coming back to the Brooklyn Nets and the Bucks being the Bucks. But I understood why they were the favorite. They got to the finals last year. They added Brongdon and Gallinari. Like, sky's the limit. But now this, it just seems like a bridge too far for me. Like, it just seems very unlikely now everything falls together. And Missoula in year one can navigate all this stuff. This is going to be very, very difficult for him. And I will say one of the things I was taken aback by today at the Wick and Stevens presser, Wick, uh, Brad was asked about bringing a veteran coach on board. There were reports yesterday. I think Jeff Goodman came here on WEEI and talked about uh, Frank Vogel, the veteran coach with the Lakers. Obviously, the, I think it was the Pacers before that, maybe. But got fired out there in L.A. And there was some speculation they might bring Frank Vogel aboard. And that made sense to me, right? You're a, t- a championship contender. Missoula's 34 years old. This guy taking over. Division two head coach. Assistant in the NBA. Assistant at the NBA D-League, whatever it's called now. He's going to step in in year one. And he's going to be able to navigate this, the egos in the NBA. Like, it seems unlikely. So I thought Frank Vogel, perfect sense, uh, or some sort of veteran coach. And Brad said, no, we're, we're probably probably not. Probably not. What's, what do you got, Justin? Go ahead, buddy. I got the sound from that question. Here was uh, Brad when asked about bringing a veteran aboard. Um, we haven't uh, gone into a ton of um, 
discussions about adding to the staff. I think the staff checks a lot of boxes as is, um, but there may be an addition. Um, but I, I believe, I believe that, that there, you know, we have several young coaches, but several of them have years and years of experience. I, I referred to Damon Stoudemire and Ben because I think that they have the most experience and are like, I think are really, really going to help us in, in this. And I think they're, you know, they're people that we considered too. They're future coaches and head coaches. And um, and as far as the communication with um, email, I'm not going to go in again the specifics of. So I mean, he's he's really really con- at least publicly being confident in this group, and and oh, that's the right thing to do because what you do do, I think you might have used the word there, you can sort of undermine these guys if you like them because uh, what they can't say today, right? There's a lot of things they did say. But we are allowed as media and as fans to interpret what they said and what they mean. The support of Joe Missoula today is really about, well, is he the guy long-term? Because Ime's not coming back. You cannot say, like Wick said today, turn the page, new chapter, and then let that guy come back next year. Especially given the way the NBA is going to talk about this guy for the next you know X amount of months. It ain't happening, so... What Brad Stevens really is saying there is this guy's probably our coach long-term. Things work out this year. We play well. We're not a championship contender, but we make the playoffs and win a round or two. We'll bring him back. 34, 35 years old. Okay, sounds good. So I'm not going to submarine him. I'm bringing Frank Vogel in here to sit over his shoulder. I'm not going to Brad Stevens saying this. I'm not going to go down and coach. Wick admitted today they had a quick conversation about that, and Brad said thanks but no thanks. So the, the, the key underlining point that they can't say, because is still technically suspended, not fired, but he's going to be fired. They're going to need a coach, and Missoula might be the coach. So I'm not going to bring in Frank Vogel to come in and be his babysitter, his wet nurse, and make the kid feel like he's not really involved. That's how I read that today. 617-779-7937, the phone number. Late night with Mutt up until midnight. Dustin is in Framingham. Hi, Dustin. Hey, how you doing? What's up, man? Yeah, so I just said a quick little thing. Um, in the press conference, Brad was talking about how because Joe is moving up, they are debating on bringing in another assistant coach. Yep. And I just want to know what your thoughts would be on bringing back Rondo on like a veteran minimum and having him be like kind of like a player assistant coach like Haslam or Iguodala is. With those teams, well, Haslam's got that enforcer role, right? They they love him down there. He's the culture guy. He's some nickname there. Uh, Dustin, thanks for your call. As far as Rondo being that sort of guy, it'd be a no for me. You know, Rondo was not respected when he was here. I think he burned some bridges amongst players in the NBA when he was here. I, I think the, he's not built for it. The guy who's on staff, you want to talk about the player who could take on more of a coach's role next year is Al Horford, right? I mean, in terms of how this team is going to try to find some veteran leadership and try to add to that. And I'm trying just to to think of other guys around the NBA that have sort of fit that role. And the caller mentioned a couple of them. And it wouldn't be like player coach by any means. Um, But, yeah, veterans got to take on more of a role here. It's just sort of the way it's going to have to go and help out Joe Missoula. Now, it's gonna, and it might take a veteran player sort of get the the guys to buy in. I have no idea. Like Wiccan, this is one thing today that, that they said these things about Joe Missoula, but it's hard to know right now. 
you know, they went out of the way to say the players, the respect and the players like him. Wick talked about at one point how they, he got Missoula to go out to, when he went to Hawaii, went to the Navy SEAL camp because Wick knows people in the Navy SEALs. I mean, Wick knows everybody. He's got tequilas. He's got Navy SEALs. He's a man about town. So they, they, they claim they like him, but do the players like him? You know, they loved Ime. I don't know if they're going to love the new guy right away. So it's how do you get past that? Well, somebody like Al Horford, to the caller's point, not Rondo, but somebody like Al Horford acting as that father figure on this team and helping Joe and helping the staff to get the players to buy in, to be a sounding board, because there's going to be stuff that this guy does that's different from Ime. It's his first year coaching. He's going to make mistakes. And like all of us in any profession, right, when our boss, okay, or our superior makes mistakes, you talk to other employees about that. Well, why did why did Sandy do that sales pitch? You know, why are we sell them this model? Why is this the spec? Whatever. You work. Why, why, why are they having us do this with the, the, the space lease brockets? And whether you text your coworkers, email, you're out on like a happy hour Thursday, 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 talking about like you gossip. So these players, when Missoula messes up, eventually will gossip to each other. Why did he call this play? Why are we playing this defense? Why do we defend that guy that way? That's where Al Horford steps in. He's got to be the sounding board, and he's got to cut it off because what they don't want is the resentment getting underneath and starting to build, like if Missoula struggles out of the gate. And I have so little knowledge of this guy, it's not funny. I, I know a Rhode Island guy, Maine, Red Claws, whatever they were called there, Division Two, uh, great, awesome, terrific. He was a finalist for the Utah Jazz job. Danny was going to bring out one of two assistant coaches, Will Hardy or uh, Joe Missoula. He went Will Hardy. So all good things, but it's first year in the NBA for the for a team that's supposed to contend. Sorry if I'm not completely confident that this guy's going to be able to get it done. So that veteran sounding piece absolutely uh, is a big part of it. But I really, I, I have a hard time, and it's still it was more yesterday, but some today, fans and media blaming the Celtics for this and saying the Celtics were too late with their statement. Or should it, like, what they said today wasn't that big anyway. So they didn't rush out on Thursday to acknowledge it. They, they, I'm sure, I'm sure, and Wick and, and Stevens didn't say this today, but it's just common sense that there's a lot of lawyers involved right now. And so it was not easy just to sit down and do that. I'm sure there were things that they wanted to say today they can't say. Like, I'm sure, and I, I, I believe this part, I don't think they leaked it to Woj. I'm sure they love to leak some stuff because there are people out there, including Paul Pierce. Has Paul Pierce backtracked what he said when he tweeted out on Thursday? It should be a fine, not a suspension. Like, that is an all-time great Celtic. Somebody Celtics fans still love, and rightfully so. He's the truth. Even he's going after the ownership. So they were getting it from all sides yesterday, right? Uh, former players, NBA media, the fan base, overreacted comparisons to Sean Watson, like just ridiculous stuff. I'm sure they love to leak out what they have. They have not done that yet. Eventually they will, but I, I don't blame the Celtics for that. I'm not, I'm not mad at the Celtics. I, I, I got the sense among the, the fans and some media that you're more mad about the Celtics response than you are about Ime and his actions, alleged actions in this case. And I, I, I'm sorry, I'm not there. 
This falls squarely at the feet of Ime Udoka. With this caveat, if we find out the Celtics' timeline of finding out in July and then eventually going to an independent law firm that did this investigation, we find out that they dragged their feet on this or they didn't take it seriously at first, then yes, the criticism will be warranted to the Celtics. But uh, am I mad they weren't right in front of this on Thursday? Based on what we know now, based on Matt Barnes's comments, based on how seriously Wick and Brad Stevens reacted today, based on other people now sort of backtracking off their comments, no, I, I, I completely understand. I did think, and we talked about this for a few minutes on Thursday night, it was a little weird the Celtics, because I thought initially, well, they must have leaked this out there. Like, why did they let this get out? Why didn't they get ahead of the story? Well, clearly they were trying to. Clearly, in my mind, Ime and his camp leaked this out there because they were hoping to get some media on their side. And by the way, it worked. Stephen A. Smith, among, among others, defending Ime the last 24, 48 hours. So I think they leaked it out to, to get ahead. They, they want to get ahead of it. They were the ones who felt that way, not the Celtics side of it. So I sort of blamed them initially for that, but I, I, I was wrong about that. I was right about a lot of this. I, I feel confident that, you know, whether it was on Mud at Night, the, the Beck UL Boston podcast, which chimed yesterday, like, I, I was, I, take a breath. Let's not start, you know, pointing fingers and saying this team did this and why there's, let's wait till we get more information. And that more information, either Matt Barnes saying this is way worse than I thought or Shams in the athletic talking about it was a consensual relationship. Then it turned non-consensual and things crossed a line. Like if you waited on this and wanted to let it settle instead of trying to have the hottest take out there, you probably feel good, pretty good about it. If you didn't, you probably delete some blog posts or delete some tweets or maybe if you're a radio host, you asked your boss to take down a segment. Could see that happening based on what I listened to the last couple of days. 617-779-7937 is our phone number. You can jump in on Twitter 24 hours, seven days a week. Follow me, Mutt W-E-E-I, uh, and at Mutt at Night, our show account, W-E-E-I. Uh, your thoughts on the Celtic situation? The embarrassment that is your Boston Red Sox. We should end on the Patriots. The Patriots do play Sunday. Normally, uh, Patriots Friday, it's all Patriots. Today was all email. We'll get to all the above next to your Mud at Night, WEEI. Late night, WEEI. I'm up with you guys until midnight. If you're an NFL fan, um, if you like gambling, you like picks, uh, myself and Chris Scheim do a podcast called the uh, BetQL Boston Podcast. We do it pretty much every day uh, during the football season, Monday through Sunday. We uh, Monday through Saturday. We do not do Sunday mornings. Uh, BetQL Boston, where you find your podcasts, Apple Podcasts. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spotify on the Odyssey app. We ask you to please subscribe, rate, and review if you like it. Uh, we did not do an episode today because Shine of the Sniffles. We're going to tape tomorrow. We're going to go live on Twitch. I know that uh, Twitch.tv, Boston WEEI, a lot of you folks watch the programming there on Twitch. We're going to go live on Twitch tomorrow at 10 a.m., 
for week three NFL picks and props. I believe it's at Shime Times account. Uh, he's got his own little uh, account there because he does some gaming stuff. Uh, but we're going to go back and forth on video. Assuming Shime is alive, uh, he tweeted a couple times today and texted a little bit, so I think he's feeling better. But I know he was not in this morning. Uh, so I think he's going to be okay. 10 a.m. tomorrow morning, we'll tweet out the link at BetQL Boston on Twitter. BetQL Boston on Twitter. We will certainly lead with Patriots and Ravens. And this game has not been talked about at all the last 48 hours. You know, again, the way our, our sports talk radio works during the football season, you recap on Monday and then you get to Friday and you preview and you talk about the game basically all day. And with the email stuff, that did not happen. And so we'll spend some time tomorrow talking about the game, the gambling side of it, the Patriots. Three-point underdogs at home. To tell you how rare that is, the Action Network had the stat today, and this is pretty jarring. The last time the Patriots went underdog, the first three games of a season was 1991. That's how, not to say far they've fallen, but that's how long it has been. And it's, it's well before Brady, by the way, so it's not like it was just Brady. But 1991 with Leonard Russell, and I, I forget what other I, – who I have to go back and look at that 91 roster. Doug Flutie, was he on that team? Those 90s Patriot teams that stunk. The only good they had were the, the logos and the uniforms and the old uh, Foxborough Stadium where people got so drunk and rowdy they couldn't have Monday night games there for like a decade. But I suspect they will lose again this weekend. I have very little faith in the Patriots to go to, uh, at even at home in a home game against Baltimore who's banged up. Their defense is banged up. Uh, Ronnie Stanley, they're very good tackle. Doubtful to play in this game. J.K. Dobbins, questionable. Uh, from what I was reading earlier today, unlikely to really go. So it's like Kenyon Drake and a bunch of other terrible running backs. But they're still going to score points. They still have Lamar Jackson, still have Mark Andrews. Like, they're still going to score points. They'll still get after Mac Jones. And I think this season is going to trend a lot like last year, where the Patriots are going to beat bad football teams. If you are the Pittsburgh Steelers with no T.J. Watt and Mitch Trubisky at quarterback, the Patriots can beat you. If you are Tua and Waddle and, and Tyree Kill, if you're Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, those are the teams the Patriots are going to lose to. I think we're going to have a very similar year to last year. Remember, the only two teams the Patriots beat, winning records at the end of the year last year, were the Tennessee Titans and the Buffalo Bills, and there's two huge asterisks, one each on both those games. The Tennessee game came without Derrick Henry, among others, they had other big injuries in that game. So you beat Tennessee without Big Dog. You beat Buffalo in an epic windstorm where it was 3-0 your final, and you completed one pass. You were one for three in that game. And my guess is if Buffalo could go back and let Josh Allen like run around more and make more plays, they win that game pretty easily. But one of the rare games that they sort of got screwed up from a coaching standpoint. The other teams you beat last year on your way to the playoffs all stunk or under 500 didn't make playoffs last year. I feel like this is going to be a very similar year again. You're going to beat the Jets. You're going to beat the Steelers. You might beat, I think they play the Cardinals, right? You might beat the Cardinals. They're not a great team. But you got to face the Ravens, the Packers, even without Devontae Adams, the back half of the year, some of the teams at Buffalo. No, nope, nope, nope. Those are the teams you're going to lose to. And the Ravens are a good team. They're a playoff team. They have an MVP, MVP candidate in Lamar Jackson. They have a Coach of the Year candidate in John Harbaugh. They didn't make the postseason a year ago. They had, 
I think a top five injury year in the history of the NFL in terms of games lost by starters to injury. And they are a bad fourth quarter away from being a solid 2-0. Like their defense, I can't I can't explain it away. I watched the game. I bet the game. So I wanted a high-scoring game. But a couple of plays that Tua and Tyreek Hill got and Tua and Waddle got, like these back-breaking plays – you don't have the type of offense that can make those plays happen against Baltimore, as banged up as they are. And their secondary is not good, and there are a bunch of injuries in that secondary this weekend. And if the Patriots had any sort of explosive offense, I would take the Patriots plus the points, the home dog. But they don't. And I can see this thing being a 24 for Baltimore. Like They, they wake up and score 20-some-odd points. And you don't have the firepower to put the fear of God in them the way that Tua and Tyree Kill and Waddle and Gasicki did much of that game last week. And so I like the the, uh, the Ravens. I think I picked it like 24-17, 24-14, somewhere in there. I'll lay the three points with the Ravens. But, boy, has it been weird, huh? As a football fan, I, I, you can get your football in lots of places, but, like, both talk stations in town, both both sports stations, been 48 hours of Ime Udoka. That's been the only topic. It's the least talked about Patriots-Ravens game of my lifetime. These games are always good. Harbaugh is a pain in the ass. He cries about calls. He says dumb things. Lamar Jackson, MVP candidate. Could have drafted him years ago, right? No one's talking about this game. And part of it is the Ime Udoka stuff. The The other part is... You know, after what you saw last week, even though you won the game, you kind of got lucky. Mack tried to throw two different interceptions. Both were dropped by that Pittsburgh defense. So I don't have a lot of faith in them this weekend. There's some there's some history here. I talked about this a little bit with uh, Lou Christian and Mego. I join those guys every five th- every uh, Friday at five thirty to make football picks. There's some history with uh, an underdog for uh, Belichick at home. Some good trends that way. I will say, and this is a super small sample size, but since 2017, since the Ravens became the Ravens, three teams have played the Steelers and Ravens back-to-back. All three of those teams lost the Ravens, both against the spread and outright. So there's something about playing the, the black and blue back-to-back that's not worked out in the Patriots' favor and other teams' favor. So I like the Ravens to win this weekend. I'm sure full coverage of that game all weekend here on WEI and all the latest on Ime Udoka, which I know there'll be a lot of. Uh, Justin and Anthony, good job on the glass, fellas. We got to go get out of here. Red Sox lose. Ime's out. Patriots lose on Sunday. We'll talk to you Monday for Red Sox baseball. See you. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.